Welcome to The Midnight Movie Crew, a special series of bonus episodes where we watch and talk about movies referenced in Homestuck. I'm Gren. And I'm Brendan. And this episode, we're talking about the big one, Con Air, a 1997 (laughs) movie that neither of us has seen before. Directed by Simon West, written by Scott Rosenberg, and starring Nicolas Cage as Cameron Poe, a former army man who was about to get out on parole and board a plane with a bunch of other dangerous convicts who eventually take over the flight and jeopardize his journey from prison to his home to see his wife and child. What happens next? Stay tuned for a wild ride on Con Air. Oh my gosh, that was so good. Brendan. I love that. <laughs> Brendan, okay, yes. what did you think of this movie? Wow. This movie, <laughs> I was explaining it to you a little bit beforehand, before we started recording, and all I can really say is this movie is wild. It is <laughs> off the wall, crazy. I mean... It's bonkers. Ironic, of course. It's uh, crazy felt like uh who's the director that always says explosions everywhere michael bay yes yeah all michael bay a lot of uh reviews more modern reviews i've seen compared to like michael bay movies and i have granted i haven't seen that many michael bay movies i've seen unfortunately every transformers movie but i feel like this is <laughs> this was funner than those and i don't know if it's just cuz it's from the 90s i feel like there's something about 90s movies that are just like a mile a minute there's no stopping for like clear exposition there's just it's just crazy all the time stress inducing anxiety (laughs) all the time but it's so funny and weird and it is there's so many great one-liners in this movie and we'll get to that so many because that's the thing that's referenced a lot in Homestuck. Out of there are several movies that are referenced in Homestuck. A lot of them are on John's bedroom wall specifically. Yes. But this one is the one this and another one, which is Armageddon, which I think we'll be watching soon, are the ones that are the most referenced in the story and like actually kind of in the plot as well, which we'll get to eventually. Okay. But yeah, uh this <laughs> This movie starts off immediately with, like, a montage, an (laughs) army montage of Nicolas Cage gets discharged from the, what is he? The the Rangers. The Army Army Rangers. Rangers. He gets discharged. He, He goes home to see his wife. His wife is pregnant. They slow dance to a song at this bar. At a bar that is iconic. This song is going to come up in Homestuck. It's going to get covered. What was the song again? It's How Do I Live Without You. Oh, yeah. Without you. It's going to come up again. So get ready. It's going to get covered. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. I'm excited for you to hear that. It's (laughs) It just starts right away with that. And I immediately start laughing because I know. But even if you don't know, I feel like it's just so, it's so dramatic. (laughs) <laughs> he gets into a, it is yeah. out of nowhere he dances with his wife and then his wife is getting like heckled 
by some guys who I guess are locals at the bar and then who are into her yeah, for whatever reason and then reason. afterwards they're going to leave the bar at night they start heckling her again and then he gets into a brawl a bar a classic bar fight if you will in the parking lot <laughs> like that yeah. one song that one song from TikTok the which one uh, how's it go it's uh Somebody better call the law. <laughs> to get outside, we about so, to brawl. Oh my! <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Somebody yes, yes, the ones where they're like walking, from, like very aggressively at the camera, ass kicking in the parking lot. <laughs> I don't know the other words. <laughs> That's the only part that matters. TikTok. Yeah, that one. Okay, but TikTok. Before we get too far off yeah. off track, there's. A line that I thought was so funny. What is it? The first one-liner that I want to talk about. Okay. uh, They were asked, are you a regular? And he says, a regular hound dog. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. so good. There's so many one-liners. There's so many. And And I couldn't – I've told you before we began recording – I started off writing my notes, writing ev- almost every one-liner, but then, like, 30 minutes into the movie, it became impossible. Every other line was perfect. <laughs> Absolute perfection. It was great. So he gets into a fight with these guys, and then guess what? He kills one of them. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I wrote, Nicholas Cage killed a man. <laughs> He kills one of them uh, by accident, of course, but still. And he gets, he pleads guilty because his lawyer told him to. And then he gets sentenced to seven years in prison. I thought it was four. Oh, no, it's seven, I thought. Oh, I just remember the lawyer saying, if you plead, you'll get four years. He said, if you plead, you'll get four, but he got seven or eight. I remember. Oh God, I didn't pay attention to that. That's fine. Uh. I'm, it's okay. So he, <laughs> so he's like in prison. He's like learning Spanish. He's learning origami. Oh, you mean the whole uh, knockoff Rocky training montage with some random letter reading sprinkled? In? Yes, it was amazing. He writes letters back and forth to his daughter Casey. Remember Which that is name. So sweet. It's very sweet. But I thought, you know what I thought was going to happen. You see him learning Spanish. You see him learning origami. I thought those were going to yeah. come back to play later on in the movie. Like not at all. Not at all. I thought something was going to happen. People were talking Spanish. She's gonna. They're gonna say like something in front of him, and they're not gonna know that he knows Spanish. Or the origami. I don't know. He would have to like fold something <laughs> in a way to like stop a bomb. I don't know. Um, that just that never <laughs> happens. <stop> <laughs> But another part. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, what? There was okay. I just want to talk about this. Dave Chappelle was in this. Fucking yeah, you know movie. what? Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. I feel like I'll be watching any movie from the '90s. All of a sudden, Dave Chappelle is there, and I'm. I get yeah. like. I get like taken out of the movie. Like that time I was watching. Um, <laughs> Dunkirk and Harry Styles was there. I just get taken. I'm like, wait, is that Harry Styles? I get taken out of the movie. I'm like, wait, is that Dave Chappelle? And- oh my god, another moment too. If you ever watched Game of Thrones, Ed Sheeran just oh yeah, I heard appears. Ed Sheeran is there, and it's like I feel like that's worse though. I feel like it's worse when Ed Sheeran or Harry Styles come out because they're not 
initially known for they're acting. They're not an actor. Yeah, they're yeah. not initially known for acting. So when you see them in a movie, you're like, why are they here? Is that Ed Sheeran? Yeah. I mean, Dave Chappelle is an actor. He is a comedian. So he, it just still like, y- y- I guess you just don't expect him to be in a movie. I don't know. It's all, it, ta- it does take me out too. I will admit that. Yeah, because he was in You've Got Mail. What? I always forget he's I've in I've never that movie. seen that. Yeah, it's just weird because you're watching Tom Hanks in a romantic comedy that his best friend is Dave Chappelle. <laughs> he's got the range. He's got the range. He was also in A Star is Born. Really? Did you see A Star is Born? The new one with Yeah, the Lady new Gaga? one. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Was he? It, yeah, he is because it's so random. Um, Bradley Cooper is like having a mini meltdown. He's got like 20 in the movie. I know. But there's one where he <laughs> he's like on the, the curb of a street and then Dave yeah. Chappelle just comes up and starts talking to him like he knows him, like they're oh. friends. And they are friends. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Chappelle is like his best friend. So he was also in Robin Hood he's, Men in Tights, but I've never seen that. I've never seen that either. Yeah, so it looks like the... But yeah. to get back to the movie, yes. uh, <laughs> I want to talk about his voice, like his accent, I guess. Oh, my God. It's, it, it's so odd. Kiss. It's so monotone the whole time. It's perfection. It's... <laughs> I love it so much. I, I can't even recreate it. Like, what's a... Give me a line oh, yeah, that he would say, he and says. then I'll try to do um, it in that accent. Let me look up Con Air famous line. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I have a I have a line yes. from later on. Don't treat women like that. Don't treat women like that. <laughs> no, he says women. Oh, you're right, he does. He says, don't treat women like don't that. Don't treat women like that. <laughs> he said, put the bunny in the back in the box. I said, put the bunny back in the box. Are you Nicolas Cage? Wait, hold on. That's me, Nicolas Cage. Nice to meet you. Uh, What are your thoughts on Nicolas Cage? We've had this conversation before, but let's have this conversation Uh, on the air if you would like to share. Right. Nicolas Cage. The actor. (laughs) Is an actor, for sure. Mm -hmm. But has some on and off moments. National treasure. Uh Uh-huh. It was a national treasure. I agree. It really was. I haven't seen them in a while, but yes. <laughs> Con Air. Con Air's great. Pretty good. Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think we want to talk about Ghost. Yeah, Rider. I haven't seen Mandy yet, but apparently he's very good in Mandy. He he has some on and off switches throughout some some movies. You know what? I will my this is my opinion. My official opinion on Nicolas Cage is that. I think when casted correctly in the right movie that right I think that he is perfect. I think he needs to be in projects that are like a little bit campy or parts in projects that are a little bit campy. Like when he was the dad in Kick-Ass. Oh my god, yeah. In Moonstruck, which I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's really good. No. It's really good. And he's really good at it because he plays like a very dramatic Italian man who oh. loves the opera and who is just like, you want to marry my brother? <laughs> my brother wants me to come to his wedding. He ruined my <laughs> life. Like it's, but it's like the, the part he's playing in that movie is just like a dramatic man. It's so funny, and he's also really great in Vampire's Kiss. 
which is a movie that I also haven't seen that, but I feel like you would watch that. No, movie. it's really good. It's like a movie that you know all of the the Nick Cage memes where he's like really expressive and he does like the alphabet. Bees! He goes like yeah. the A B C D. That's from that movie. But taken out of Whoa. taken out of context, it's really goofy. In the movie, he plays this like businessman who's like losing his mind it's kind of america it's kind of like american psycho but boosted up to 2000 <laughs> he's like lose. he's losing his mind he's like actively dangerous it's a bonkers movie it's really good i recommend it to everybody but if you take his performance outside of that movie it just feels really forceful and weird but in the movie it works perfectly so that's my official nick cage opinion oh and in birdie the movie birdie Birdie. i told you about that movie Birdie. that's the one yes yes nick cage that was one of his first movies uh he actually for that movie plays a vietnam vet he pulls out he off air for the for the movie he pulled out his own teeth. It's not in the movie, but oh. because he's supposed oh, to play right. like a guy coming back from war, um, the costume department's like, oh, we can black out your teeth. He's like, no, I'm going to pull them because I want to feel the pain. Method acting, God. baby. He must have been like 23, I think, when that movie came out. I'm not sure. I couldn't imagine that. But he did that for I the movie. And he's pretty good in that movie. That's actually a very good movie. So, yeah, that's my official Nick Cage opinion for anybody who wants to know. <laughs> Your Nick Cage opinion is wonderful. It's valid. And it's it's very valid. Mm-hmm. Mine, not so much. But <laughs> <laughs> to, to sort of go back to the movie a little bit, mm-hmm. I want to know whose poster, whose room had the poster of Connor? It was John's. John has... John? I could see Dave really liking this movie, too. I think Dave and John probably do. I think that this is a movie that they like ironically, which I don't... I don't know. I mean, I think I do, too. I mean, <laughs> listen, I don't know if it's ironic to like a movie that I know isn't, like, Oscar-worthy. You know? That's true. It's a little campy. You're right. You're right. Very Michael Bay-y. Like, is it ironic to like a movie... Like, I genuinely like it, but I know that it's bad. I don't know if that's, like, an ironic thing. I mean, I think you you like it. It's like a it's like a cult. It's a cult like classic, a, I it? think, yeah. Cult classic, I right. I think so. There you go. So they like it because, you know, they, they find they, the cult, whatever. Yeah. The cult likes it because there's something about it. There's, like, this, like, charm about it. But obviously, it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's ironic. Like, you can ironically like something like that, at least in my opinion, mm-hmm. just because you know it's bad. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something about I it. I think maybe it becomes ironic if you, if you know it's bad and you say that you like it, but you pretend like it isn't bad. I think that's the ironic. Yes. You're like, oh my god, a con oh, air yes. is a total masterpiece. You just don't understand. Like the people, it's up there with La La yeah. Land, Moonlight, The Green Book. Yeah, obviously. like the people who act like um, I don't know if you've ever seen Showgirls, but the people who act like Showgirls yes. is a genuinely great film. It's not. <laughs> it's a very bad movie, and I stand on that. Oh my god. Uh, but anyway, like hot take. It's the hottest of takes. Anyway, another part that made me laugh so hard in this movie, which you might have, you blink and you miss it, but it's something, snowballs, 
the snack. Yeah. Nicholas Cage gets snowballs, I think, from his wife, and he's like, those little pink balls are a big hit here. <laughs> he, like, trades them. Yeah. It's like, wow, great uh. product placement <laughs> for snowballs. <laughs> I just thought it was those really funny. Those pink balls. I, this movie, let me know if you agree or disagree. This movie did what Suicide Squad tried to do. Whoa. With, with, hear me out. Hear me out. With having all of the different, like, bad guys come out and be like, this is so-and-so. They did this and that. And this, like, they do it really, really fast, and then they get into the action. I think that my biggest problem with Suicide Squad is it kind of drags because of they introduce everybody, and they do the little side stories. That's my hottest take. My hottest take is that. What do you mean? We're a suicide squad I mean, we're or something? A con air or something? <laughs> <laughs> but that's my big hot take. Another big hot take for me. I think that. That's actually like really good. I didn't even think about I that. I immediately thought But of I that. see so many like parallels. Yeah. To that movie. Yeah. Because they, they all have to get from point A to point B or whatever. I mean, obviously the plot is different. But I think that Suicide Squad, if it had the energy of Con Air, it would have been more successful. It would I feel have been like great that's movie. the vibe they. I don't know if that's the vibe they were trying to go for, but I feel like that's the vibe they should have been trying to go for. I think we'd make great producers for the new Suicide Squad movie. The new Suicide Squad movie should just be a remake of Con Air, but with Harley Quinn <laughs> in it. But with Harley Quinn yeah. and and um maybe do, exclude the joke. Who are the other members of the Suicide Squad? Uh, <laughs> I I remember there was Killer Croc. Yeah, there you go. There was Katana Lady. Australia Man. There was Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> Katana Lady, Australian Man, The Crocodile Man, Harley Quinn. And which bitch? <laughs> That's it. That's the Suicide Squad. <laughs> what are we, a Con Air or something? <laughs> okay, speaking of what are we, a Con Air and Suicide Squad, let's talk about the rogues gallery of this movie. Who's the okay. big bads? We got our head honcho, played by John Malkovich. Cyrus yes. the Virus. I love that name. <laughs> Which is Cyrus amazing. the Virus. He's like, uh, I don't, I hesitate to call him a Hannibal Lecter type, but he's like a snooty, like, I know everything, like, smart killer man, like, kind of a, th- oh, like, yeah. a classy man. And he's in charge of the whole thing. And my favorite bits are when he does a little speaker intercom. This is your captain speaking. Welcome to that was very Con funny. Air. He does it like 12 times throughout the movie. They needed to make sure that everyone knew his joke of Con Air. Like, he thought about that in his cell and was like, this is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's going to love it. And then as soon as nobody laughed at the the first time, he had to say it 12 more times to make sure everybody knew. So we have him. We have, yeah, we have Dave Chappelle, who's like an arsonist man. Yeah. Yeah, because he, that was actually a really cool scene. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how he lit the match though, like on himself. No, he had like know. a. Oh, you mean how he he got it to to? He had like a to little light. tiny container of. What we're talking about, folks at home, if you haven't seen Con Air, which I would encourage you before you listen to this episode to watch the film. But Dave Chappelle has like a. At first, I thought he was, it was a tampon. I thought he was pulling a. <laughs> <laughs> he like has a string that he's pulling out of his mouth. And at first, yeah, I thought it was a it was tampon. And I was like, oh my god, gross. <laughs> what the? But it's fuck? like it was like a little. 
uh, like a wrapped paper wrapped up in it with like a little plastic tube of I'm guessing gasoline and a matchstick and he lights the man next to him on fire to create a diversion like you said I have no idea how he actually lit the match he kind of I mean there was a lot of things in that movie that I had no idea Eh, what happened and then yeah so he's one of the our main players in this film Danny Trejo is there I was like Machete yeah he's there who else is there Steve friggin' Buscemi is there. Steve Buscemi, and of course. And he plays more like a Hannibal Lecter kind of character. Not that he's a cannibal, he's to be the Hannibal. but that he's like all chained up and he's got like a muzzle on. And they're like, this man has killed 30 people. And he's he's terrifying, but it's like, it's Steve Buscemi. He's like a... It's Steve Buscemi. He's Steve a cutie Buscemi. patootie. Yes, he's a cutie patootie. And he like philosophizes during the whole movie about... Like, what does it mean to? What be was a he killer? singing on the plane at the end? Oh, I know we're skipping around okay. a lot, but he was like, "Why can't we be friends?" No, he was singing. Uh-huh. Um, he's got the whole world in his oh, hand. Because that goes back to the hand. part where he, there's a part later on in the movie where you think Steve Buscemi is going to kill a child. He does not. They kind yeah, of. I thought he was going to like, like literally ah! murder the child. He like he wanders off from the rest of the uh, cons if you will. He wanders off and he finds like they're in some kind of weird little desert town and he finds a girl in a swimming pool and he starts playing dolls with her and because he has admit <laughs> he has killed so many people and he even tells Nicolas Cage that he once wore a woman's head as a hat while he drove across state that lines. That was crazy. So you're like oh my god he's gonna kill this girl. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. Actually at the end of the movie I... Because he he talks to Nicolas Cage and Nick Cage's friend, who I'll get back to, about how you have to kill out of necessity. And so-and-so, so many people who got caught killing, they just killed because they liked it. And that makes me think, because at the end of the movie, he's the last guy. He doesn't get captured or anything. He just kind of seen gambling, because the movie ends with the plane. Right. With the plane crashing on the Las Vegas Strip. <laughs> and he's gambling, so I'm thinking, is his character supposed to be, like, was he never really bad at all? Or is he, like, reformed now? Or is this just, like, a little, is this, like, a little sequel tease? Please, drop Con Air 2, starring Steve Bissett. Con Air 2 is actually Suicide Squad. Con Air 2, 2 Con 2 Air. <laughs> Conair two electric boogaloo, you yeah. gotta include Con Air that. Conair two, the new batch. Oh, okay. Oh, that one works. Okay, so that's Steve Buscemi is there. There are some other yes. people in the movie who were big bats, but I don't really remember who I they don't were because any of they them. weren't famous. I've recognized them before. <laughs> I I know their face, but I. Pff, I you know who I recognized immediately? Who was the pilot? The pilot is played by the oh. same guy who plays the yellow-eyed demon on Supernatural. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course. For those, uh, I'm sure I've already mentioned it, but I'm rewatching Supernatural because of the shenanigans that went down November 5th. You can give it a Google. <laughs> You'll know. But, yeah, the yellow that guy plays the yellow-eyed demon. So I'm there's sure there's, like, a lot of other actors in it. Of course, we have... John Cusack, he's the smart 
FBI guy? He's something. There, yeah, John Cusack was like the one that was trailing them the whole time. Yeah. And was like trying to stop them. And apparently was one step ahead of them somehow every single he time. He was. And the other guy was like, yeah, this smarty pants, he doesn't know anything. And he was always one step behind. No, like the five DEA step agent. behind. Yeah, he was never on their trail. And John Cusack always was because he was a smart man. And then towards the end, he kind nice. of collaborated. Collaborated? He sort of worked with um nick cage's character to take down con air i mean they did a great job yeah i mean congratulations i literally wrote in my notes after after the steve buscemi is a cutie patootie <laughs> i was like this movie is way too good for me to be taking notes <laughs> and that's a good thing well that's what happened to me too i took notes and then about halfway through i was like I actually just need to engage in this film i'm sure i'll have plenty to talk about for the podcast as we do oh my gosh right now i just remembered a joke yes. that dave Chappelle was saying to that one lady when he threw the the box mm-hmm. into the other plane mm-hmm. she asks are you a cop yeah the department of erect uh, c- corrections i remember <laughs> that oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I What a classic Dave Chappelle. That's a classic. Line. There's a, a plot device in this film that I have seen in another movie. And apparently this is something that happens in several films where a character has diabetes and they need to get their insulin. Their Otherwise insulin. they will die. And it's like a very pressing matter. This happens in the Lifetime classic film, A Deadly Adoption, starring (laughs) Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig. That movie is amazing. Everybody should watch it. It's so funny. What a star-studded cast. It's star-studded. It's so funny. It's amazing. But that's like a part of the movie is that a little girl is held hostage and she has diabetes and the hostage people don't know that she does and the dad's like, we have to get her insulin, otherwise she'll die. (laughs) Uh, That happens in Con Air. Nick Cage's best friend slash cellmate has diabetes and he needs to get his insulin. But then the the air, of course, gets taken over by cons. He cannot get it. So like a good portion of the movie is Nick Cage trying to get a, get the insulin and then get a needle to get him his insulin. And then he gets the when insulin. Learner field. Yeah, he gets the insulin eventually. And then he gets shot. By Cyrus the virus, and you're like, no. It was such a cop out. I don't <laughs> no, know. No, but he doesn't it die. Was... He doesn't die. Thank God. I would oh, have been right. so upset not. this whole time, and for what? If <laughs> they just killed. Him. But apparently, this insulin thing is in so many other movies. It's it's in um, Dog Day Afternoon, which I've never seen, but it's like a classic picture. It's in t- several movies. I just thought it was so funny that it was in this movie. <laughs> Not that, of course, it is. Not that that situation is humorous, but it is humorous. Not only did they nothing about this movie. It was humorous in this context. Yes, <laughs> nothing in this movie is truly humorous. Just in the context of this film, it is. It's so funny. Not only did they need to move a mile a minute, but they needed to move an extra mile a minute to ensure that we had the stress of he's not gonna get his medicine. So, oh, no. He's not gonna get his medicine, and. Let's talk about when they're at Lerner Field, because mm-hmm. that was, like, act two, whatever, mm-hmm. of the movie. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they landed at Lerner Field, Nicolas Cage or whoever, no, uh, John Cusack mm-hmm. was running into the gas station. And I said, 
the gas station is one dollar like gas is one dollar there god i wish it was that much and i don't even drive a car anymore <laughs> like, this was 1997 baby this was the time 97. for cheap gas apparently <laughs> how much is gas now i don't even Isn't it like almost five dollars now god, i don't drive i don't know crazy. what the hell i'm talking about i'm just guessing <laughs> yeah i don't drive either Oh, somebody, uh, please tweet at us how much gas costs now. <laughs> <laughs> how much is gas prices at the moment? <laughs> I want to... That'll be some weird tweets. There's I love something that. I want to bring up before I forget. Okay. Two things, actually. First, Nick Cage throws Dave Chappelle's lifeless body out of an airplane. <laughs> Dave Chappelle, he when he plants the tracking device onto the other airplane, the part where he talks about he's the from the Department of Erections, he yes, <laughs> he d- misses the chance <laughs> to get back on the plane, and he kind of does, but he's dead. I think it's like a it's like in Toy Story two. Do you remember in Toy Story two where <laughs> Buzz and Woody and Jesse are trying to get onto the plane? Right. And they're oh running. Oh my god, yes. And oh with the bullseye too cuz they have the the, the 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 horse and they're trying and then they, yes. they grab onto the yes. wheel and then they get pulled up into the plane. Dave Chappelle was trying to That's do that. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle was He saw Toy Story 2 and was like No, you know what? I need I need to The do toys this. in Toy Story 2 saw Con Air cuz Con Air came out before Toy Story 2. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure. Buzz and Woody. Oh, so like Andy was just watching Con Air, like in yeah, the they living were like, room with mm, Buzz and Woody. Interesting. <laughs> we need to do this at some point. This might come in handy one day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Dave Chappelle's lifeless body is there, but Mr. Nicholas Cage, he's playing the long con air, and ah. he's um. Pretending to be on their side now so he can take down the plane and get his friend his insulin. And so he grabs Dave Chappelle's lifeless body. He said he's going to throw it (laughs) overboard. Overboard. Whatever the air equivalent to overboard is. He writes on Dave Chappelle's t-shirt. The name of... uh, Lerner Field. Yeah, and John Cusack's character's name as well. And then he throws his body off of the airplane and his body goes plummeting down to like a city drops on a car that's being driven by the guy who plays Bobby's dad from <laughs> Twin Peaks and he yes. who has a face I always recognize whenever he's in anything but he drops on and he causes, causes like a huge intersect intersection car Accident. collision it's crazy but then they know to call John Cusack and to tell him hey something's up that's how something's a mess. That's how John Cusack has been ahead of everybody. He tells the the other guys. He says, "Hey, they're not going that direction. They're going the other one. I got a a sign from the sky." And they don't believe him, of course. <laughs> a sign. That car accident scene was so morbidly funny. Was. I was laughing oh my God. way it too hard. It was ridiculous. He just, <laughs> you know what? I don't know much about what happens when something falls out of an airplane. But I would think that his body wouldn't have been so intact when it fell. Dave Chappelle's body. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's going to eviscerate, I That's guess. True. But, but also maybe the shirt could have gotten torn could up. Could have gotten bloody. You know, a lot could have happened. Uh, but however, they probably didn't. I don't know how gory this movie wanted to be because it's an action movie. It's not like a horror movie. 
And also, right. you know, if you got other places to spend your special effects money, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought... On a dead, lifeless Dave hell. Chappelle body. Yeah. Another point I want to bring up is the bunny. Because it's important to Homestuck. I said put the, the bunny, bunny back, back in, in the, the box. box. <laughs> so, for those who've been reading along with us in Homestuck... John Egbert loves this movie. I would say it's probably his favorite. He received for his birthday, was it from Rose or from Dave? I don't remember. He received the bunny from Con Air as a birthday present. Oh, from Rose, I believe. Yes. So. Oh, I remember that now. I remember the bunny because that was right at the beginning. That was before we even like, mm-hmm. was that like even the first episode? It might have been. We recorded? You know what? I just looked on the wiki. I think it was Dave who gave it to him. Okay, good. So he receives it and it's he's like, "Oh my god, it's the bunny." And then there is a part where he's fighting an imp. I don't know if we've read this part already, but he's got the bunny. He said, "I said, put the bunny back in the box." And he throws it into the box. <laughs> so this I don't remember that, but then again, I haven't seen Con Air mm-hmm. until now. So this bunny, Nicolas Cage's character, is getting out of prison on the day that it's his daughter's birthday and he wants to bring her a present he's never seen his daughter before he didn't want her to meet him while he was in prison so it's gonna be the first time they meet and he has a bunny and it's his present and it's like very important that he has the bunny so this bunny gets threatened multiple times throughout the movie (laughs) yeah i was like first by the guy who was in the little below area of the plane when he threw dave Chappelle overboard he was gonna get rid of the bunny and that's when the iconic put the bunny back in the box line happens but later on Mm -hmm. cyrus the virus threatens to shoot the bunny I was so confused at that scene, and then they, like, just totally <laughs> shot it off because uh, the attack helicopter was just shooting mm-hmm. at the plane. Well, I think he was trying to get to him because he had seen the letter saying that he was going to see his daughter on the birthday. And he had the buddy by the ears with the gun at the buddy saying, <laughs> did he say, or the buddy gets it? He says something like that. Or but he gets, gets it. it. I was like, oh my god. This is perfect. No wonder. It was so cringe. But it was so funny. That I loved it. it was just... Listen, <laughs> so much about this movie is um, what the kids call cringe. So much about this movie is also problematic. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. There are so many like lines that are racially microaggressive. It's incredible. So if you do plan on watching this movie, go in with knowledge of that. Just it's 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 there's a lot. But it is just a off the wall, wild, bonkers movie. Oh, my (laughs) God. Every single thing about it is just we are having trouble kind of talking about it because it is a mile a minute. Is there anything? What else can we say about this? Oh, I have the line. I have the line. Go ahead. Make a move and the bunny gets Thank it. Thank you. Make a move and the bunny gets it. <laughs> the plane crash on the Las Vegas Strip was so extra, it felt like it traveled 10 miles mm-hmm. before it could even, like, be stopped. I mean, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, 10 miles doesn't seem like a lot for a plane, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yeah. The plane crash was just so extra. So- it crashed into literally everything mm. <laughs> along the way. Even the Hard Rock Cafe. 
<laughs> it blew the top off the guitar, the guitar, the neck of the guitar sign at the Hard Rock Cafe. I thought it was going to crash into the Circus Circus, too. But I don't know what muse- museum, I don't know what casino it crashed into. But it. Uh, <laughs> what happens in the movie, just to clarify, is that towards the end, they're going to land at the plane that all the cons are on. Because they switched planes, right? Is this the second plane right. that they're on? No. Or is this the original That's the first plane? plane because they, remember, they crashed the plane. Okay, got it. At Lerner Field. Yes. And they were like, oh, crap, we were supposed to get on a new plane, but the dude tricked him and was going to get on the plane himself. Yes. And that got, you know, like, crashed or whatever. And then the dude burned alive. Uh-huh. Well, the they realized that all of the cops were coming mm-hmm. from those attack helicopters and whatever. Mm-hmm. And where they had that like giant shootout. So they had to like dig the plane that they just crashed out and hope for the best that it still had enough fuel mm-hmm. to get them where they needed to go. Mm-hmm. So then they land the plane on the Vegas trip because it's running out of fuel, right? Is that why they do that? And there's nowhere else to yeah, land it? Yeah, they're running. They have no more fuel. Uh, the attack helicopter shot it to shit, so it can barely probably fly at this point, and they're just gliding this way. And I remember the pilot, like the new pilot, mm-hmm. what's his name? Swamp Swampy thing. or whatever Swamp the fuck thing. is. Yeah, he put on, on this helmet, right? He put on this helmet. It was like we're about to crash. <laughs> Get ready. Get ready, Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage was like, oh, fuck, I got to run. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's... So they do land on the Vegas trip. I want to know how much damage was done by that in the movie world. How much do you think was actual, like, practical effects, effects versus, like, visual effects? You know what? I want to say I think a lot with the airplanes was practical because they have the plane from the movie on display at an Avery Museum, I believe. Oh, cool. Yeah, they have it at the Historic Wendover Airfield Foundation. Yes, I don't know where that is. I have no idea where That's that is That's in Utah. Either. That's in Utah. So I think that they did do a lot of practical effects. Regarding that part, though, I'm not sure. I mean, it looked pretty real to me. Like, they crashed into a lot of things. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you... Okay, I just saw. It was the part where they crash into the Hard Rock Hotel sign. That was yeah. a miniature. Oh, mm-hmm. no way. That's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot more sense now. That's that's a really, really cool practical effect. I like yeah. that a lot. And I guess... Also, we didn't even talk about the very ending. Oh, I have... I got one more practical effect fun fact. Ooh. It's apparently they crash into the Sands Hotel... And casino yes. in the movie, that location got demolished after they did that. Oh, so I think that they 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 crashed into it, and then I think they because they were gonna blow it up anyway. Oh, I think that's it. They were like, might as well just do it. Yeah, I so said the. That's really cool. We got very lucky. The sands was going to be demolished anyway. They blew up the tower on their own. We arranged to blow up the front of the building. Yeah. That's neat. I that's cool. That's really cool. Uh but then of course this movie has to move a mile a minute and we're not done mm-hmm. and we have to have an, a car chase of course. scene now. More like a fire truck 
chase scene. Oh, I, and I totally almost forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. We have more. Exactly. I think we were forgetting about it, too. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we can't forget about this most important part you're where right. John Cusack and Nicolas Cage team yeah. up. John Malkovich just does not give up. Cyrus the Virus does not get up, give up in this movie. But they do chase him down. He also doesn't get up after what happened oh, yeah, to him. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, too. Ooh. <laughs> How do we get there? How do we get there? We're all, They're doing their chase. I don't quite remember so how they he gets land, to the point right? where he gets that done to him. They land and Nicolas Cage like gets out mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, cool. Time to get my best friend to the hospital. And he's put into the ambulance. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as like Nicolas Cage and John Cusack are like, hey, what's up? Then Cyrus the Virus steals the fire mm-hmm. truck and they're like, Cyrus or something. And they both look at each other and then the next thing they do is steal two police motorcycles. Oh, yeah. And they start chasing the uh, fire truck. And there was a moment on the battle of the fire truck, the the momentous occasion of the battle of the fire truck, <laughs> where John Cusack was trying to stab Nicolas Cage with, like, this pole or whatever. Uh... And then Nicolas Cage, like, stabs him cyrus the virus with a with it back because he grabs it and it like goes completely through his ankles oh yeah and then the next the next shot you see cyrus the virus pull out the pole and i'm like did he just like pull the pole through his entire ankle like how the fuck like how did he get that out i like it wasn't just in like it didn't just like stab him and like no it went completely through so he had to pull that thing through his ankle it was it was so like and i don't know how the fuck he did it and was still walking oh yeah and but then he finally got his comeuppets Mm -hmm. at the end and crashed through and then i think we ended with steve buscemi making it out and having con air the long con episode Mm -hmm. two ready for the sequel or forgetting how he gets his comeuppets is that cyrus the virus gets his head smashed oh that's right like a pile driver i don't know how i don't remember how he gets in his head in there but he does and that he gets his head smashed and it's pretty gruesome they don't show anything because this is a classy movie from the 90s but it's it's classy (laughs) that's what happens and then nicholas cage is finally reunited with his family and then we hear that iconic song again without you there yes. be no son of Alaska. I can't sing well. I'm so sorry, but it's totally fine. It yeah, was wonderful. You know, it was just as good I as I cannot Connor. breathe without you. And have you seen Barry the TV show? I have not. There is a really good episode, probably the best episode of Barry in season two, where there's a lot of fighting, but this song shows up. He's fighting somebody in a in a grocery store <laughs> and this song comes up and I'm like, it's so funny. I'm laughing because I'm thinking of Homestuck and I'm thinking of Connor, even though I hadn't seen Connor yet, but it's just such a dramatic, wonderful song that it makes everything kind of heartfelt, but also hilarious. Nick Cage. It makes it so, yeah. So wonderful. Nick Cage is, he's his wife and his child, his child for the first time. And he gives Casey the bunny and they all hug each other, and it's a beautiful moment in cinema history. It was a beautiful moment. And that's Connor. So, I have some questions yes. for you, then. 
So what do you think Andrew Hussey, or why do you think Andrew Hussey chose to put Con Air in Homestead? I think that Con Air, for his generation, was kind of like our, not one-to-one specifically, but like kind of like a bad movie that our generation would like, like The Room or something. I think Con Air, oh, yeah. Con Air was like a cult classic that I think him and his friends or whoever he knew really liked and really thought was funny and stupid and i think that's why he put it in homestuck along with the other movies that he put references to i think that's that was it but i think that con air just has like taken out of that context i think con air is just really silly but really dramatic and action filled, which kind of is like homestuck itself if you really think about it so that's why i think it is i think that that with a lot of the other movies is the reason why it's referenced so much and I think, too, it's got okay. the musical elements. It's got all of these actors that are well-known playing these goofy roles. And Nicholas, <laughs> and then it so stars goofy. Nicolas Cage. It's just peak perfection in all those areas of, like, a classic, weird, funny, goofy, mile-a-minute movie. What was your favorite line from the whole movie? From the whole movie? Oh, my God. You know, the I, there's movie. a part that I, <laughs> I wrote it down when it happened. When the... the the airplane first goes up. <laughs> John Cusack and I think his assistant are looking at it, leave the terminal. And she says, I hope this goes smoothly. All those monsters on one plane. And he says, oh please, gosh. Jenny, this is a well-oiled machine. All we got to worry about <laughs> is stale peanuts and a little turbulence. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, foreshadowing. Oh. <laughs> I have to say my favorite line was, who's dictionary guy? Uh, it's thesaurus man to you. Oh, yeah, that was a good one, too. (laughs) Such a good comeback. Oh, my God. And then my last question for you, what would you give this movie out of 10 squiddles? 10 squiddles? I have to give this movie the full 10 squiddles. What about you? I'd say it's a good eight and a half squiddles for me. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I wish they would have explained more. Of course, they didn't. They couldn't. Mm-hmm. But I still loved it a lot. That's good. One of my top movies. I loved it too. Well, if that's it for you, Brendan, I would like to ask the audience, our dear listeners, to tweet at us to tell us your favorite part and your favorite quote from the movie. And also what movie you think that we should talk about for our next special Midnight Movie Crew m- special <laughs> at MS Payne Adventure on twitter no s and if you don't want to miss a thing follow us on instagram also ms pain adventure and on tumblr at ms pain adventures dash pod brendan where can people follow you you can follow me on twitter at ben Drenz, on instagram at ben Drenz, on tiktok at ben Dren. just i'm everywhere you'll find me you can follow me on twitter and on letterboxd for some more movie opinions and hot takes <laughs> at Gren casas Shout out to Inspector General on SoundCloud who composes our theme music. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please leave us good reviews. Tell your friends. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.